0: Can you sense and can you feel how deep the Father's love is for you and for me today? The scriptures are clear that this is how God demonstrates his love to us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Anybody want to shout hallelujah to that? Hallelujah. He didn't say, you come and clean yourself up, and when you get cleaned up enough, you can come to me, and I'll love you. Oh, how deep the Father's love is for us. He didn't say, when you get me figured out, and you understand everything about my word, and you understand everything about Christianity, and you understand everything about what's going on in the world, and you get it all figured out, then you can come to me, and I will love you. No. This is how God demonstrates his amazing love for us. Is that while we were still in our sin, he sent his son to die for us so that we could experience the great, marvelous, deep love of the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that. Help us. To imitate you in your love for us, to have that same love for others. Help us in this discussion today in your powerful name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Can I just keep going? If you want to jump with me, I'm going to be jumping to different passages, and I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, and then I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 3, and then I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 7, and then I'm going to go to Luke 6. Have you got that figured out? I'll I'll get you there. Just be ready to move in the scriptures, because we're going to see this rich love of the Father. In Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7, Paul writes to Believers like you and me. And this is what he says because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, did you catch that? He's not just great in his love, but he is rich in his mercy. Um, He's not stingy with his mercy, he is rich in mercy. And being rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. Now, I guarantee, I can guarantee that every person here today, if I could interview you, would say, you know what, that's all I really need. Just get me saved. All I really need is just to get free from the pull that sin has on me and the control that sin had on me. I'm lost, and I need a savior, and it would have been just fine if God loved me enough and to send his son Jesus, and Jesus has died for me. And wouldn't God be a good, loving, gracious, merciful God to just provide that for us? <clears throat> it's rude not to answer somebody when they ask you a question. <laughs> yes, it is. You thought that was a trick question. I know. I can see on your face, oh, he's got something else coming. It would be awesome if that's all we receive from the Lord. But our God is not like that. Our God is abounding in grace, rich in mercy, and deep in his love. And he extravagantly loves his children. So he not only just saves us, praise the Lord, say praise the Lord, praise the Lord, but he raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus he's got so much more to give how awesome is that that we have a father like that jump over to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 because Paul is gonna be praying for us as believers. And this is what he prays. He says, I pray that you may have power. This is verse 17 of Ephesians chapter three. I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. You, that's just so crazy and I wish I had time to work through that part of the passage right there. He wants us to know the love that surpasses knowledge. He wants us to know a love that you can't know. But oh, how I want you to have the power to understand how awesome this love of the Father is so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He's talking to his children. Those of us who have been saved are God's children. And God is our heavenly father. And as our father, he is setting for us an example for his children to follow. And he sets an example of extravagant generosity before his people at every turn. And it happened before the foundations of the earth were even laid. When we study and know that he called us and he knows us by name and he has a plan for us and he knew the day that he was going to come by his Holy Spirit and enlighten our hearts and minds in order to believe so that it was no longer foolishness for us, so that we can believe in what he is all about and what he has to offer to us. And he wants his children to follow him in the same extravagant generosity, and I'm gonna show you from the scripture and prove that to you today. Generous is God in his daily provision, right? Right? We're nothing without him, generous and extravagant is God in his enduring presence in our lives. I will never leave you, the promise says, or forsake you. You are mine, and I know your name, and I will always meet your needs, your every need. I will take care of you. Do you believe that? can, Can one person, is there one child of God, true child of God, that will stand today and testify, God's let me down? God has never been there for me. He's not he 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 totally messed up over here in this part of my life. It's never happened. It's never going to happen because God isn't like that. Generous in his grace, generous in his mercy, generous in his love. Generous in his long suffering. Anybody want to say amen to that? Generous in his patience. Generous in his gentleness and kindness towards us, and he's constantly forgiving us. We sing that great hymn, great is thy faithfulness, because he's faithful. One author wrote this about God. God isn't just holy and loving and just and good. He is lavishly, immoderately, I love that word, abundantly, excessively, sumptuously, bountifully, and prolifically holy, loving, just, and good. God is, in a word, extravagant in everything. His very being is extravagant. and The extent of his generosity is limitless. Jump over with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 when speaking in that great sermon on the mount this is what jesus says about those who follow him those who are his he says this ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and those who seeks the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened And then I love how Jesus does this kind of stuff. Which of you, he he turns to all the adults in the room and the parents in the room, he goes, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? And of course, Jesus doesn't need an answer to that because every parent listening to him at that time would have said, none of us. Parents don't do that. And he's, Jesus is like, yeah, right, that's exactly the point. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? My friends, God loves to lavish his favor on his children, he does. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. And the example that he sets before we, his children, at every point in the knowing of God through the passages of the scriptures that we have to read about him is extravagant generosity. That's the example he sets. As a loving parent, he wants to, right? Parents, you wanna set a good example for your children and you expect, of course you desire, I know some of you, I know how you parent, and I know that you expect them to follow your example, right? Okay, you guys, did you, did they change the congregation from last Sunday? Are you with me? You expect your children to follow your, especially your good example, right? Well, all of God's example is good example, and he expects his children to follow the example of generous, extravagant generosity, not scarcity. You could say it like this. God is not a parental minimalist when it comes to his children. He loves to lavish upon his children. And you can find that all the way through scripture. And those of you who have been walking with God for a long time, you know what that is about. You've experienced that your whole life. I love that song. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. So yeah, he lavishes upon us and he is extravagant in his love and in his provision, but you need to understand something. We need to understand that he's not just, and I'm going to use this term, he's not just wasting all those good gifts on his children so that we could be happy. You know what I mean by that when I say wasting? I mean, he's just, he's, he's just giving it all. He's dumping it all on his children. He's not just dumping it all on you and on me, his children, so that we can walk around with a song of praise on our lips saying, our God is so good that he gives me everything I need, and we walk around full. That's not his intent, and I want to show you that today. He intends for us to share Everything that we have been given and that has so generously been dumped on us at the hands of our Father, so that everything he shares with us, he intends for us to share with other people. Do you understand that? This means yes, and this means no. I need to know where, you're, where you are. Are you with me? Do you understand this concept? So he wants us to be generous in our giving. We saw that, but I want you to see something else. I want you to watch in Luke chapter six. I want you to see something that's taught here to us that Jesus teaches us. In Luke chapter six, verse 36. This is where it starts getting a little harder. Okay, yeah, 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 give, give, give generously. Okay, I'll give generously, but how about this? Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Isn't that an interesting visual? Now, whenever I'm think about that, I think about baking with my mother. And when I was a kid, I used to bake with her. And there's two kinds of well, there's like three kinds of sugar you use in baking. And um, you have white sugar, you know. I can't get this glove on. Did you get me a baby glove or something? What did you? So. You have brown sugar and you have like confection, like white, powdered sugar. I didn't bake all that much with my mom. And here's, here's what it is. Give and it will be given to you. Okay. So give and it will be given to you. You all understand that. Okay. But it's not like this kind um, of giving, like, I'm going to give to you like this type of giving. This is some kind of weird sifting machine of some kind. Now this works really well with powdered sugar, but it's really hard to do with brown sugar. But you can see what it's doing here, okay? This is not what God's talking about. This is not the illustration, because He says, "Give and it will be given to you." You tell me how. How will it be given to us? What? Up, uh, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Luke chapter six, give and it will be given to you loudly, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So when you do brown sugar, I, I was taught when you're using brown sugar and you're measuring brown sugar, you, you pack it, right? You press it down, right? Am I doing it Right. And what God says is when you give, if you give and it will be given to you, he's talking about himself, you give and I will give back to you and I won't just like give you fluffy giving. I will give you pressed down, shaken together and running over into your lap. And I'm running out of sugar. But God never runs out of sugar. Do you get it? How awesome is this? This is how God wants. God wants you to give. And he says, give, and it will be given to you. And I'm going to set, I've set the example before you, but I want you to understand, Jesus says, if you give, I will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, running over into your lap will be given to you. But look at what it says next. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, what measure are you going to use if you know it's going to be used and given back to you with the same measure? What's the answer? Depends on how selfish you are. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just we'll get to that in a minute. Because he's not talking about that. He's saying, follow my example. Let me ask you this. What measure did God use? <laughs> it's measureless. You can't measure how wide and how long and how deep and how high the love of God is you can't even not your knowledge can't even understand how big it is it's measureless and it's strong the love of the father the love of God and yet Jesus understands us and he says I just want you to know that if you give it will be given to you and it will be given to you in abundance it'll be overflowing and the measure that you use is the measure will be used back to you that's that's the the sowing and the reaping principle but I'm afraid that so many times those of us who know the Lord and we, have re- we are the recipients of his wonderful love and all the attributes of God that we are stingy with what we have and we don't wanna share what we have, whether it's financial or whether it's in service to the Lord or it's in sharing the gospel. We're stingy with it. It's been dumped on us. It has been overflowing into our laps. But sometimes some of us are like, you know, like half cup Christians. We're like half cup givers. Some of us are like quarter cup givers. Some of us are like thimble givers. You understand this principle? What you reap, you will sow. Figure that one out, you scientists. What you sow, oh Lord, help me. You will reap. And the law of the harvest is this. You will reap what you sow according to what you sow in the same kind. And you will also, you'll reap more than you sowed. This is the whole principle here. I'm going to give it back to you, but I'm going to give it back to you overflowing. You're going to get more than you put into it. But I'm afraid too many Christians, we're willing, we're like these giant vessels saying, fill me up, Lord. And yet when we give, we're scarcity givers. We're thimble givers. But the message for us today is, Give and it will be given to you. And the measure you use will be given back to you. And so some of us might be like, okay, here's my bucket. Here's my container. The the measure that you use will be given back to you. But here's, here's the danger. You don't give in order to get. The minute you, some of us are like, here's my cup, Lord. I fill it up, Lord. Come and give me more and more and more. And we walk around expecting God to give, give, give to us, but we're not giving back. And we got little thimbles that we give back to the Lord. And then God's like, you don't get it at all. I'm, I'm not going to punish you and withhold my love from you, but what you're going to be given back is this to use because here's the principle you guys God doesn't give us he doesn't want us to give to get he wants us to give to get to give because he wants us to be generous with what he has so whenever we give to the lord and we use these great big measures of the god and we we follow the example of our father and we give generously of ourselves, generously of what our possessions are, generously of our gifts and abilities, generously in our mouth to spread the gospel. God says, I'm gonna return that back to you. I'm gonna overflow it into your lap so that you have more and more and more. And every time you keep coming back with your vessel, whatever it is, you keep coming back, I will fill it up, I will press it down, I will shake it down, shake it together, and I will run it over into your lap so that you can keep running over. And when you dump that out, come back and get some more. This is the principle of following the example of our great father who loves us, who's extravagantly generous in his love for us. When seeking about serving, look at 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows." Everything that God gives us, everything that he abundantly provides for us, he expects us to take and provide in the same way that we've received it to everyone else around us who needs it. I hesitate to do this and to talk about this, um, But we started on this journey together, and we're going to end it together. And on Friday, our family went to court, and our family um, sat through the sentencing of Larry Taylor, the man who murdered our daughter, Amanda, and our granddaughter, Evie. And Amber, our daughter, Amber, and Davey, Amanda's husband, and me, were asked to... um, address the court, address Larry Taylor um, before the whole court and express to the court how we feel about what has happened. And I gotta tell you, I, I had, you had to submit it in writing ahead of time and I tried to submit something in writing and I couldn't get anything until Thursday when I was deep into this message And the Lord said by the Holy Spirit, I'm now going to give you what you're going to say. So I got out a pen and I started to write and I would like to read to you, if that's okay, a portion of what I said to Larry Taylor. I looked him in the eye and I said, Larry, darkness entered into our world And that darkness has a name now that we know. His name is Larry Taylor. And Amanda, the woman you killed, was my daughter, and I'm her dad. And to say that I am angry with you would be a colossal understatement. And I've dealt with true hatred in my heart towards you for what you have done. And I'd be lying if I told you in this court that I didn't want to seek revenge and that there haven't been days that I wish that I could take matters of justice into my own hands. But the Bible tells me that vengeance is not mine, it's God's. So instead of revenge, I offer you forgiveness. The human side of me wants revenge. And justice. But as a Christian, I must offer you freely that which has been offered freely to me through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And the day I repented to God the Father through his son Jesus, I freely received forgiveness of my sins. I didn't deserve forgiveness from him. In fact, the wage that I earned for my sin was death. But because I humbled myself and repented, I found forgiveness and I found life in Jesus Christ. And I offer you the same. I stand ready to forgive you should you ask my forgiveness for what you have done. But the reality is, you don't need my forgiveness. You need the forgiveness of God who is the judge of all things because your soul is in danger of judgment for all of your sins. And one day, not very long from now, you will face that reality because the Bible says it is appointed for men to die once. And after that comes the judgment and you will stand in the presence of the Holy God who created you. And by the way, he did not create you to be like this, but he created you and he is your judge and he will demand that you give an account for your actions on that awful day in November, seven years ago. So my plea to you is that you humble yourself and cry out to God and repent of your sins and take the free gift of grace offered you by the Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late. Those aren't my words. And Amber got up and she did the same thing and she offered him the same thing and Davy got up and he offered the same thing. In fact, Amber, you did such an amazing job. The, The Lord gave her this. She turned to Davy, or to Larry, and she said, Larry, I wish you knew my sister before you went into her house to kill, steal, and destroy, because she and Davy are Christians, and I wish you understood what a Christian is, because if you had been hungry, they would have had you at their table and fed you. If you needed money, they would have opened up their purse and given you money. If you needed a place to stay, they would have opened their home and given you a place to sleep. If you needed a family to love on you, they would have taken you in and made them your own, made you their own, and they would have taken you into their church family and they would have loved on you and they would have provided everything that they could for you because that's what Christians do. And I want just to say, stop right there and just say to you, listen, my friends, this is what Christians do. It's easy to do the human thing, It's easy to be angry and bitter. But in Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus said, no, not if you're my follower. You're going to love your enemies. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. And you're going to do good to those who mistreat you. And you're going to pray for those who abuse you. Because you're a Christian. That's what Christians do. You didn't deserve my love, God. You didn't do anything. In fact, you deserve death. But I freely gave to you life. And I offered it freely to you. So you are going to offer that life to everyone else. How awesome is that? How awesome is that, Church of Jesus Christ? You want, you want some proof of that ministry? Look at 2 Corinthians 5:17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome news, church? Isn't that awesome news that when you come to Christ, you're a new creation? The old is gone, the new is come. And all of this is from God. He has set the example for us who reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. woo Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! I've been reconciled. I'm right with the Lord. Yes. Yes, my friends, yes, son of God, ch- child of God, daughter of God. But he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He has given that ministry to us. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, although God were making his appeal through us. Has he been generous to us in our salvation? Has he been generous enough in his love? Has he been extravagant to reconcile us, to fix that which was broken because of sin? Absolutely. But he doesn't say, now hang on to it. Be happy. Be happy till Jesus comes. His message is to us today and always, go out there and shout it from the mountaintop. Shout Jesus in the streets. Shout Jesus in the darkness over enemies. Shout Jesus for your family. Speak the name of Jesus because he's given you everything. And now you should take, follow his example and take that everything and give it to everybody. That's what he's called us to do. What would the church look like if every child of God understood this? I am just like, you guys, I'm, I've got to just jump through a whole bunch of stuff because I'm completely out. So I'm going to jump to the end and ask the team to start coming back and just simply say, this is the great adventure. What we're talking about today is the great adventure of the church of Jesus Christ. This is where the good stuff is. This is where the blessing is, is where God's people learn how to be generous with everything they have, generous with their possessions, generous with their time, generous with their talent, generous with their voices to speak the gospel. That's what the church is all about. And this is why we do this thing called season of generosity some of you are like, I've never been here during this season. What's it all about? I'm going to give you a real quick explanation. Many years ago, we decided to just set some time aside and on purpose, over and above our regular tithes and our offerings, over and above everything, just to give gifts to the Lord because of his goodness. And we, about eight years ago, we, be, we began to shift all of that, and we changed all of that so that there are three things involved. There's a way for us to give to our ministry partners locally and globally, and, and partner with them with our, with our giving to help them accomplish their mission that God has for them. They rely on people like us. They rely on churches because they're a non-for-profit And then we're going to give you an opportunity to serve the community and serve the body of Christ in special ways during this time of of generosity. And give you an opportunity to sign up and sign your family up and get involved and help bless people with that. And then we're going to give you opportunities to share your faith in the midst of all of that. Because every time we go out to serve out in our community should be a platform for us to share the gospel. And so what we do every year is that we go to our global partners like you heard from earlier. So we've got 27 different missionaries that are out there and we've, we call them up and we say, listen, season of generosity is coming. How can we partner with you? How can we share in your ministry over and above what we normally do? Because we're already, we're already um, supporting them on a monthly basis. And they send in ideas of things that they've got going on and dreams that they have for their ministry they just can't afford it and they want us to help with. And then we talk to several of our local ministries that we partner with here. We say, what are some things that you need that we can come alongside of you and help with? And then we find out, we ask God. We, we sit down and say, God, lead us. What do you want us to do? What do you want us to bring before the congregation? What challenge do you want us to bring? What dollar challenge and what amount of people do you need to, to, us to get out there and serve so that you can do what you wanna do in our community? And we wait for all that to come in and we pray over it and then we present to you. Now I'm not sure. Um, Did anybody get a card? Can you give me that? I didn't get one. Sorry about that. Emerson, I'm just like you. Don't worry about it. You've got this little card right here and you're like, man, are we doing anything? Yes, we are because that QR code takes you to a whole nother world. And that QR code, if you click on that QR code or you go go to our website and hit Season of Generosity, it will give you all the details and list all the ministries that we're going to be supporting. This year, here's the goal. Here's the financial goal. We're going to set before the congregation $225,000 goal represented across all those ministries and you know what's really cool because we don't plan it this way we just like say God bring to us what you need and we're going to see if we can we can accomplish that need and, and, and accomplish that goal this is what came in to us and we actually added to some of these because we didn't think they had enough on it so we added some money to some of these and they don't know that yet um, and so we came up with a goal of two hundred and twenty five Thousand dollars and what's going to happen is over the next several weeks until we get to Celebration Sunday, which is the third week in December, um, we're going to be giving you reports on all the different things we're partnering with up there, and you'll be able to hear how we're partnering and where our money's going to go. We're also going to need, um, do we have a slide with how many volunteers we're going to need? No, we don't. I believe is somewhere in the area. Jeff, can you, or Laura, is Laura here? 300 and something, right? 335, 300 and some odd like that. Um, opportunities to serve here in our community um, to go out and help these ministries. So there's a, there's a service element and there's a giving element. And so we thought, uh, the elders and the deacons um, thought this would be a number that we can put before you. Are you up for the challenge? Now, what this is, you guys, um, unapologetically, we just say "This uh, this is over and above. This is what we're going to just say, and what we want to do is have you ask the Lord. Lord, how do you want our family to get involved? Don't get hung up in size. Be hung up on what the Lord lays in your heart. Because some of us can come with buckets like this, but some of us can't. And one of the greatest stories in all the scripture is when the widow brought her two pennies and gave it, and God said, oh, 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 hang on. Jesus said, hang on a second. Everybody, everybody forget the Pharisees over there who are like saying, look what I do. Look what I'm giving. I want you to see this woman right down here who in her two cents, is giving everything she has, that's what blesses the heart of God, are those who give everything they have. We're gonna hear more about this. We're gonna talk more about this. Right now we're out of time, but here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna end our time with this. We're gonna pray together. And I know every time we do this, some of you are like, "Eh, that's awkward. I know it's awkward, okay? And somebody in your group will help you with the awkwardness. What we're going to do is we're going to stand. I want you to get together in little clusters of of five and six people. And we're going to have talking points on the screen. In fact, you can bring those talking points up right now as we pray for an impact, because that's what we're all about. The Church of Jesus Christ is to influence the world with the gospel and impact our world all over. Uh, So we want to impact our community as we serve and show love. We want to impact the globe as we give our financial resources and then pray for the ultimate impact of salvations around the world as a result of this season of generosity and ask God to show you how he wants you to partner generously in following the example of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in generosity. Let's stand together, form some little groups, and let's offer these prayers to the Lord and ask God to use First Baptist Church to do amazing things for him. Father in heaven, we thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your extravagant love. We thank you for giving your son, Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege that is ours to partner with you to advance your kingdom here on earth. And we're just ordinary people, Lord. We're nothing special. You know that more than anyone. You know how broken we are, and yet you choose and desire to use us, and you've gifted us by your Holy Spirit to do great things that we don't understand, and you've given us resources to use for the advancement of the gospel around the world. I pray that you help us in that, Lord, that you'll help us to be faithful, and that you'll do amazing things through us here and around the world that we will have a major impact for the gospel here in Elkhart County, in our state, in our nation, and around the world. Lord, we want to be used in powerful ways as we pour ourselves out and follow your example, and we commit to doing that. And we'll give you all the glory and hold none for ourselves. We won't boast in anything but the glorious love of the Father In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit.
1: I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ his death and resurrection. Why should
2: from